Welcome to our broadcast today. Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining us today. And it's a joy to have you with us. And we're excited about what we're about to share. And I believe it's going to have a powerful impact on your life. Those of you that were with us last week, we began a brand new series entitled The Established Heart. We're going to teach on that today and for the next two weeks. So I encourage you to make your plans to join with us. Before we get into our lesson, let me just say what a uh, an honor it is to come to you each and every week and thank all of you who support this ministry, your offerings to help us expand our television outreach and expand our missions outreach and all the other things that we're doing in this ministry, your support is a great blessing to us. I'd like for you to continue to pray and ask the Lord, seek His wisdom and His guidance as to what He'd have you to do in the future because obviously in order for us to do what we believe He wants us to do, and to do it with excellence, it requires people just like you that will join the team, praise God, and sow into this ministry and believe God with us for maximum results. So prayerfully consider becoming a partner with Jerry Savelle Ministries International. Thank you in advance for doing so. Once again, we're talking about the established heart. We're reading from Psalm 112, where David, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives us a beautiful portrait, you might say, of what a person looks like whose heart is established in God's Word. So let's begin in verse 1, Psalm 112. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. I can't stress enough how important that is, to greatly delight in the Word of God. Is that the way you are today? Is, is being in the Word a drudgery to you? Is it, is it seem like a chore or, oh Lord, I know I need to do this, but I don't want to. No, you need to get to the place in your life where you cannot get enough of God's Word. Get to the place in your life where you look forward to those special times when you can just sit and meditate the Word of God. Not just read it, but meditate it. We're going to talk about that a little further in just a moment. But notice once again, this man in Psalm 112, he delights greatly in the Word of God. He loves to be in the Word. He can't get enough of the Word. And then it says in verse 6, surely this man shall not be moved forever. Think about that. What would it be like to be able to say, nothing moves me? Not what the world says, not what the media says, not what sinners say, not even what unbelieving believers say. How would it be to be able to live your life in such a way that no matter what's happening around you, it doesn't shake you in the least? You say, can you really get that way? Yes, you can. Because there was a time when the disciples asked Jesus, and this is recorded in the 24th chapter of Matthew. They said to Jesus, show us uh, and talk to us about the end. What's going to be happening at the end? And he talked about all the turmoil, all the chaos, uh, all the instability that would be taking place in the world. And then he said this, see that you be not troubled. Now that's an interesting statement. Jesus said to them, it, in the end, there's going to be trouble like the world has never seen before. However, see that you be not troubled. Now is that possible? that you can live in a troubled world and yet not be troubled? Well, if it wasn't possible, Jesus wouldn't have told us to become that way. He said, see, 
<clears throat> excuse me, that you be not troubled. In other words, he's saying it is possible to live in a world that is full of chaos and yet you not be troubled by it. Or you could say like the psalmist said in Psalm 112, you're not moved by it. So what does it take to get that way? We'll get to that. So notice he says, surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Verse seven, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemy. So notice the characteristics of the man who delights greatly in the word of God, the man who spends quality time in God's word. Notice what happens to this man. Notice these characteristics. He's not moved. He's not afraid. He, he's not shaken by evil tidings. He doesn't worry. He's not fretful. He's not fearful. He's not full of anxiety. Now, doesn't that sound like the kind of life you'd like to live? Is it possible? Yes, it is. If it's not possible, then the Bible wouldn't tell us to become that way. Now, what it takes is the Word of God dwelling in your heart richly. In fact, in Colossians chapter 3 and in verse 16, Paul made that very statement. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. How does that happen? How does a person get to the place where the Word of God is dwelling in their heart richly? Well, that is a result of following the instructions in Psalm 1. Let's go there and read that. I know we read it last week, but some of you weren't watching, so we'll read it again. Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But notice once again, he's just like that man in Psalm 112. His delight is in the law of the Lord or in the word of God, and in his law or the word of God doth he meditate day and night. And the result is he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What does that imply? A tree that is planted by the rivers of water is immovable. No matter how severe the storm, this tree will still be standing when the storm is over. Why? Because its roots run deep. That's what happens when the Word of God is dwelling in you richly. Your roots run deep and the storms of life cannot shake you. So what does it take to get to the place where the Word of God is dwelling in you richly? And as a result, your heart is established. Your heart is fixed. You're not fearful. You're not afraid. How do you do that? He tells us right here, this man meditates in the Word of God by day and by night. Now, that is exactly what God told Joshua that he would be required to do if he wanted to be successful in all that God had called him to do. What was he to do? The Bible says in Joshua 1.8 that you will meditate in my Word by day and by night. So, I realize that saying, you know, you need to do this day and night, that I just lost some of you. I can't do that day and night. Yes, you can, if you set your mind to do so. You know, you can do anything day and night if you set your mind to do so. Now, as I said on last week's broadcast, the person who tells me they can't meditate the word day and night is the same person that has no problem worrying day and night, and worry is nothing more than meditating on what the devil says. It's meditating on Satan's word. So if you can meditate on Satan's word day and night, then you can meditate on God's word day and night. 
Now, here's what I learned to do. I want to, I want to just share this with you very quickly. I learned to do this back there years ago regarding meditating the Word of God. Number one, I realized that it was going to require that I set special times aside to do just that. You know, I had to, I had to discipline myself and put it on my schedule, so to speak, that I was going to give this time to the Lord and I'm going to spend this time in His Word. Now, the best thing to do is to do it first thing in the morning. You say, well, you don't know what kind of morning I have. My morning is so busy. Well, then back your morning up at least 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, an hour if you can, and just determine that that first 15 minutes of your day or that first 30 minutes or that first hour of your day, you're going to spend meditating the Word of God. You've got to set time aside. If you don't set time aside, if you don't discipline yourself to do it, Satan will see to it, that time will never come. Now, set time aside. Here's what I did. And I remember writing these notes. These are notes that I made in 1969, 1970, about how to meditate God's Word. And here's what I wrote down. I said, in order to meditate the Word of God, I must set time apart away from the fashions and the course of this world. In other words, I've got to set time aside where I'm not listening to what the world says. That means turn that television set off. I'm, I'm not reading the newspaper. I'm not listening to the radio or I'm not engaged in conversation with negative people. I'm deliberately setting some time aside to meditate God's Word. And then the second thing I, I wrote in my notes and I learned to do was this. I turned to John 16, verse 13, where Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit is come, He will not only lead and guide you into truth, but He will show you things to come. So notice the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. So here's what I did. I set that time aside, and then the moment I got in my little room where I was going to spend time in the Word, the first thing I said was after I, I shut myself aside with the Word of God, I said, Holy Spirit, you've been sent by God to reveal truth to me. You're the revealer of truth. Now, I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes or the next 30 minutes, whatever it was, spending time meditating in the Word. And while I'm doing so, I'm asking you to make it a revelation to me. I want it to be more than just words in a book. I want it to be more than just words on a page. I want it to be in my heart. I want it to dwell richly there. And I want it to produce for me what it produced for the man in Psalm 112 and what it produced for the man in Psalm 1 and what it produced for Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. You said when Joshua meditated the word day and night that it would cause him to be successful and prosperous, praise God. That's what I believe it's going to do for me. So Holy Spirit, I'm giving you this time you reveal to me what's between the lines. Show me how to apply this to my life. And then the third thing that I did, and I wrote down in my notes, is that the scripture that I wanted to meditate. Once again, let's just say it's Philippians 4.19 because that's an important verse. All of us have needs. All of us want our needs met. And Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So here's the third thing I did. I read that scripture several times 
And then I just sat back and got quiet so that the Holy Spirit could talk to me about what that verse means and how it affects my life. So let me back up and start over again. Number one, set time aside, deliberately set time aside. You need to find a place in your house or in your office or out in your garage or out under a tree in the backyard somewhere that you can devote some time in the Word and do it on a consistent basis. Now, I'm not saying that's the only time you spend in the Word, but I would strongly suggest you start your day doing that. And so you go to that place that you call your place. For me, it's my study. Uh, it's, it's my personal library in my office. Uh, there's, a, there's a place in my uh, shop that I like to spend quality time in the Word with God and with the Holy Spirit. And it seems like every time I go there, they show up, praise God. And so you deliberately set time aside. And then secondly, call on the Holy Spirit. He's been sent to reveal truth to you. So just say, Holy Spirit, I'm giving you this time and I am meditating this scripture and I'm asking you to reveal to me what it means and how it affects my life. And then, as I said, read that scripture several times and then just get quiet before the Lord so that he can speak to you. It's hard to hear the voice of God when you're doing all the talking. And don't, don't, don't do this. Don't say, well, I've been sitting here for 15 minutes and nothing's happened. Nah, shut up. Don't do that. You know, I mean, it may take you a couple of days before the revelation comes. You know, you, you, didn't, you didn't get in all this mess you're in overnight. I mean, you, you spent quite a number of days and weeks and months, maybe even years getting in this mess. So give God some time, okay? And if you'll give God some time and be obedient and be consistent, then you're going to find that eventually, and it may be your first setting that God gives you revelation. If not, come back later and do it again. Don't give up. Don't be so quick to give up. And so you just quietly sit before the Lord and just listen to what he has to say. And whatever he says, my habit is I write it down. So here's what I did with Philippians 4.19. Back there 47 years ago, because I had a lot of needs. My, my business was in debt. I was in debt personally. In the natural, there was no way for me to pay all those bills, particularly after I'd shut my business down and now I'm preparing for full-time ministry. How am I going to pay all these bills? So I had a lot of needs. And what I did... I sat there and I read Philippians 4.19 and it said he would supply all my needs. So the next thing I did is I wrote down every need I had and I looked at that verse and I looked at those needs. I looked at that verse and I looked at those needs. I looked at those, that verse and I looked at those needs. And then I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say this to me. What would your life look like when that verse comes to pass? What would it do to those needs? How would it affect those needs? And I began to look at those needs and I began to thought, well, if God supplies my needs, then I can start marking them out. And so I did by faith. I started, I, I put a red line through them. I marked every one of them out, believing that that scripture was going to come to pass in my life. Now, when I got up that away from the from my little desk where I was doing this, when I walked away from it, I walked away with joy. I walked away with confidence, even though in the natural, nothing had happened yet, but something big time had happened deep down on the inside of me. Now I'm seeing what God says coming to pass. 
I didn't walk away worrying, even though I still had the bills. I still had all those needs in the natural, but I walked away a different person. I walked away seeing that word come to pass. Well, did it come to pass immediately? No, it didn't. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in a night or two, but I tell you, it began to happen. And I remember what joy came when, when praise God, I was able to pay off that first one. That built my faith up, believing that if God can do it once, He can do it again. And praise God, every time I would go to a scripture, like uh, Psalm 1, it says that this man, as he meditated in the Word day and night, he not only became immovable, unshakable, like that tree planted by the rivers of water, but it said, and whatever he does, prospers. And I began to meditate on that, and I thought, praise God, God said, if I will meditate in his word and if I delight in his word greatly and if I get his word in my heart richly, then praise God, I'll become like the man in Psalm 1 and everything I do will prosper. I started seeing myself prospering. I no longer saw myself failing. I no longer saw myself living in defeat. I saw myself prospering. What's happening? The word is becoming uh, a part of my life. It's dwelling in me richly. And I can see it coming to pass. And thank God, eventually it did come to pass. And thank the Lord, it produced on the inside of me an established heart. I was no longer moved by what I saw. I was no longer moved by what I felt. I was no longer moved by the circumstances. Praise God, the circumstances and the devil screaming, it's not going to work. That became like water off a duck's back. I just kept believing God kept going forward and believed that God would bring it to pass, and He did. And that was 47 years ago, and I can tell you, I've been in this 47 years now, and God has never let me down. I'm established in the Word. I'm not easily shaken. I'm not moved by evil tidings. I got that way by meditating in the Word by day and by night. Now, last week, I talked about how that... Uh, there were seven objectives to meditating God's Word. This is what I learned way back there 47 years ago. And I said on this week's broadcast, I would give them to you. Now, I'm going to read them now so that they'll be on the screen and you can copy them down or you can go to our website and, and download that and, uh, or you can get the book uh, that we're going to offer later and the CDs that we'll offer later. And, and all of this material is in there and you can learn how to apply these things to your, for yourself. So the first thing I'm going to do is read to you seven objectives to meditating God's Word. Number one, apply the Word you're meditating to you personally. Once again, Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Apply that to you personally. Well, I can do that with the first two words, the first three words rather. My God shall. Now, if you apply that to you personally, you're not just talking about Paul's God anymore. You're talking about your God. This is what your God wants to do in your life. So number one, apply that word to you personally. Number two, allow the Holy Spirit to make God's word a reality in your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to make God's word a reality in your heart. Number three, Carefully ponder how this word applies to your life. Carefully ponder how this word applies to your life. Number four, dwell on how this word changes 
your situation. I love that one. Dwell on how this word changes your situation. See, that's what I was talking about earlier. I wrote that scripture down on one side of a sheet of paper and I wrote all my needs down on the other side. And then I began to look at that scripture and how it changed my situation. This is important. Number five, place yourself in agreement with what that word says about you. In other words, if it says my God shall supply your need, then you say, I agree with that in Jesus name. Don't keep asking how, when, I don't understand. No, if you have to do it by faith, say, Father, I set myself in agreement with your word. You said you will supply my need. I don't know how you're going to do it. It's not my job to try to figure it out. My responsibility is just to believe you can and believe you will. So I set myself in agreement with it. See yourself the way God sees you because it's God's word. If God sees you with your needs met, you begin to see yourself with your needs met. And then number seven, realize the integrity of God's word, that God is not a man that he should lie. Realize the integrity of God's word, that he is not a man that he should lie. If he says in Philippians 4:19 that he will supply your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, then you immediately think, well, God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. If he said he will supply my needs, then praise God, that settles it. He will. Why? Because God is a God of integrity. His word shall not return void. So these are seven objectives to meditating God's word. Now I keep using Philippians 4:19, but you can do that with whatever verse that, that seems to jump out at you, whatever verse that you were reading one day and all of a sudden you thought, hey, there's some revelation in that verse that God wants me to receive. Well, just sit down with that verse, sit down with these seven objectives and begin to apply them to that verse. And I'm telling you what's going to happen. That verse is going to jump off those pages into your heart and it's going to become real to you. And praise God, you'll get to the place where it makes no difference what's happening out there because your heart is becoming established. Your heart is becoming fixed, settled in the Lord. And you just know that you know that God is going to come through for you. Praise God. These are things I learned 47 years ago. I'm still applying today and folks, they're still working. I want you to get to the place in your life where you're not moved by what's going on around you. You're only moved by the Word of God. And the only way that can happen is meditating by day and by night. Watch this announcement. I'll be back in just a few moments. The days we live in offer ample opportunity to be troubled by bad news, but you can live in the midst of all the pressures and turmoil of the world without being shaken by them. In the eye-opening book, The Established Heart, Jerry Savelle teaches seven major revelations from God's Word that you can apply to develop an established heart. With your heart established, you can stand in the midst of anything and truly make a difference for God in your life, in your family, and in the world. You don't have to live another day in uncertainty or instability. In the three CD teaching, Stability in Unstable Times, you'll learn biblical truths to apply to your life that will sustain and stabilize you. God has designed a way for your life to be built on something that is solid, dependable, sure, and unchanging. Don't wait. Request this powerful combo. 
the established heart, and stability in unstable times. Just call or go online to jerrysavelle.org. You can live with your heart stable and established, trusting the Lord and not fearing anything today. Adventures in Faith is Jerry Savelle's free quarterly magazine, and it's available to you today. Inside each issue are powerful teachings by Brother Jerry and Carolyn Savelle, as well as faith-building articles from many other featured guests. For some time, my life had been difficult to live, and nothing I tried was helping. During one of my dark moments, I received my copy of Adventures in Faith magazine. I read it from cover to cover, and by the time I finished, the darkness had lifted, and I felt so much better. I have been blessed reading Adventures in Faith. You have completely changed my thinking, and I know that God can and will do what He promised in His Word. Thank you for helping me get out of depression and realize my full potential. You can read your first issue today. Simply go online to jerrysavelle.org or download the Jerry Savelle app on your mobile device to begin reading issues immediately. You can also call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and register to receive a printed version twice per year delivered right to your mailbox. Don't wait. Now's your chance for more faith in your life. Register today for Adventures in Faith. I hope that you realize how important these resources are. We're not just trying to sell you materials. This is developed. We developed these things so that you could become strong in the Lord, strong in your faith, become established in God's Word, live a victorious Christian life. And folks, I don't know any other way than educating your spirit man through resources just like this. This is how it happened to me way back there a long time ago in 1969 when I began to listen to men like Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, Oral Roberts, T.L. Osborne. I, I, I read their books. I listened to their material, and it helped me begin to understand how to apply the Bible in my everyday life. And I'm telling you, I know that the reason that I'm living the kind of victorious life I'm living today is because I invested in resources. That's why we make them available to you. Three CDs, Stability and Unstable Times. What a fitting series in the time in which we live. We're living in times where nobody knows what's going to happen next. I mean, you pick up your newspaper uh, and, and you read about this is happening and tomorrow it's a different story and, and you don't know if one bank or the other is going to be open next week. Does it bother you when your bank changes its name six times in one year? How unstable is that? Well, what do you do? How can you become stable in unstable times? It's going to take the Word of God dwelling in your heart richly. And then this little book, The Established Heart, this has been reprinted. I'm looking at this cover and I'm thinking this has got to be at least the sixth or seventh different cover that's been on this book since I wrote it. This thing was written way back in the 70s and it's been reprinted. But you know what? We didn't have to change any of the words in it because they are still just as powerful today as they were the day I wrote it. I'm, I'm looking at page 70. Uh, eight here, right at the close of this little book. And it says, when you become established on God's word, you become extremely dangerous to Satan. Through the word, you can completely stop his operations in your life, in your family, in your business, in your world, praise God. The person who is full of God's word is a vehicle or a carrier of the power of the almighty God. How rich is that? Order these materials right now. You can go to our website, uh, jerrysavelle.org, or you can call the number on the screen. Don't forget to ask for our Adventures in Faith magazine. It's coming out again real soon. If you ask for it now, you'll receive a copy of it. 
and it, it can also be downloaded on our website. Thank you for joining today. We look forward to seeing you again next week. And until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.